Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to another Arseblog Arsecast here on arseblog.oleole.com. Now, at the start of every Arsecast, I normally give you a rundown of what's happening between now and the end of the show. I'm not really able to do that this week. The only thing I can tell you is I will be talking to Good Player from goodplayer.com in just a few minutes' time about stuff, all the stuff that's happened since the last Arsecast, basically. However... All the other sort of bits and pieces that usually go with it. Well, there's there's none of those this week. I'll tell you why. Well, I don't necessarily know why. I, I'm lacking in inspiration, shall we say. Uh, I've been sitting here most of the day trying to do various bits and pieces, but none of them have, have really worked for me. And I know the standards aren't that high, so you can imagine how, uh, how not very good they were, Right? And I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, yeah, maybe it's just this week. Maybe I'm in a bit of a a blue funk when it comes to Arsenal. Or maybe, just maybe, the Arscast, such as it is, needs a bit of something different. A bit of a reinvention, perhaps? Because uh, we are now on episode 111. And uh, as you can see, that's if you were to listen to one a week, that's over two years worth of casts. And if we take them on average at half an hour each, so half an hour by 111, uh, that's, that's 55 hours of listening material. And that's a lot. And generally, it has kind of stayed in the same format since the very first Arscast. A few bits and bobs, an interview, and blah, blah, blah. So I'm thinking maybe something needs to change. Like I said, a bit of reinvention. Or if not reinvention, retirement. Shocking as it might sound, it's certainly an option. The very best sitcoms, they only last, I don't know, 14 episodes, 21 episodes? Not that I'm saying uh, there's anything Faulty Towers-esque about this. I'm just saying that everything has a shelf life, so to speak. And eventually, unless you unless you try and reinvigorate it, rejig things, then 
uh, it gets stale. And I just, maybe it's me, but I just feel perhaps that things have gone a little bit stale. Now, maybe it's this week, like I said. There hasn't been much happening. The only thing that we can really, really talk about this week is, is a bouée. And uh, given the fact it's it's a bouée, who wants to talk about him for that length of time? Of course, we will talk about him and his sending off and all that in a few minutes' time. So it would be good to try and think uh, of something different to do with the Irish cast. It would be good, perhaps, to get a bit more uh, listener involvement. And that's not me being lazy, or that's not me... Uh, trying not to come up with new stuff. It's just me, after 111 episodes, thinking that it's time for a change. So I may explore ways of of doing things slightly differently. Perhaps some kind of a, a phone-in thing, or maybe try and do one live or something like that. I'm not sure how it would work or what the technology required would be to do that. But it would be something different and something a bit exciting. Streaming rather than casting. And when you're on your own as well, doing it generally, it's more difficult uh, to come up with ideas and to uh, and to find bits that might be amusing. Like if you've got a co-host, for example, that you can always bounce off somebody else. And the repartee, such as it is, uh, could be more than enough to get you through. And if you don't have an idea, maybe they have an idea. So maybe I need a co-host. Maybe that's what it is. So I don't know. Apologies for this stream of consciousness kind of uh, thing. But, you know, that's just what I'm thinking. So, I mean, if you have any suggestions or or anything like that, feel free to send them along. The email address is irscast at irsblog.com. And I will take all of them into uh, consideration and and have a think about them. And like I say, maybe it'll be uh, all back to normal next week. But I just feel that something has got to change. Something's got to give in terms of the Arscast in order to keep it fresh and, and interesting. Well, r- relatively fresh and relatively interesting. Um, because I know there's some of you out there going fresh and interesting. But I mean, in, in relative terms... If you listen to some of the other podcasts that are out there, it is relatively fresh and relatively interesting. Have you heard the one with the guy who, who I can't remember, it's one of the other Arsenal blogs, and he sounds like he's talking uh, into a megaphone and then using the megaphone to talk into a phone and then recording the phone while the phone is in a bucket. Have you heard that one? That's interesting. Relatively. <clears throat> so there you go that's just my thoughts on on the Arscast and uh, as a way of explaining why this Arscast probably won't be as long or as um can I say fresh or interesting again no I can't but just a a little bit of an explanation so leaving all that kind of um self-doubt and waffle behind we'll go on and talk a little bit more about uh, what's happened footballistically uh, between the last Arscast and this Arscast. Joining me now to do that is Good Player from GoodPlayer.com. Hello there. Hi there. Uh, we'll, we'll go back and talk about this Spurs game to start off with. Uh, 
it was a, a vitally important game for Arsenal, um, given the fact that Aston Villa keep on winning and uh, we need to get into that top four. Uh, but the circumstances uh, were made much more difficult by the dismissal of Emmanuel Abue. Uh, firstly, maybe to touch on the game itself, a, a decent effort to come away with a point with only 10 men playing for that length of time with 10 men. I think so. In the circumstances, it was the, the adage that it helps you to be down to 10 men is not really true. I, th- I don't think. I think occasionally you can come out of it and win, but most of the time, if you look at teams who go down to 10 men, the chances of them winning a game go down. Um it was very frustrating. I mean, Spurs had had the better of it up until that point, but how many times have we been to White Hart Lane, conceded the first half goal, and then come rolling back um, in the second half to, to win the game? We hadn't even conceded the goal on this occasion. So I really think that without the swimming off, we had a real hope of possibly in the second half coming back and getting the winner. As it was, we, we tried to, but we just didn't have the resources to do that. Uh, the sending off obviously is the is the main talking point. Um, from the from the time of the first card, I was looking at the telly and and screaming at the telly. Well, not screaming, but in my head I was screaming because that's what he does to me. But uh, to, for Arsene Wenger to take him off because you could see it coming a mile away. This was a red card waiting to happen. Um, while there might be uh, some excuse uh, in terms of the first card being a little bit harsh. There's just no excusing the the second yellow card and what he did knowing he was already on a yellow. Well, quite. I mean, first yellow cards very rarely matter because the fact is, over the course of the season, you'll get some yellow cards you deserve, some you don't. Um, and once you've got one, you've got one. And you, you then start at the same starting point once you've received one. You know, you've got one yellow card and you've got to make sure you don't get another one. And Abure himself admitted that I personally thought he probably deserved a booking for the first one because he just didn't shut up. But... Um, for the second one, he admitted himself he deserved one. So what, you know, what what issue there can possibly be over that? I just don't know. Um, so, so really, you know, there can't be any complaints, and it was entirely stupid, absolutely ridiculous. And uh, I frankly, it's just that every time he plays, it feels like someone's laughing in my face. The amount of money uh, that I spend as a, as a paying fan, I know not all fans go to the game, but they still invest huge amounts of emotional uh, resources into it, and it's just like we've been laughed in the face at because he's just so patently unsuitable to be playing for our team. He's not even good at what he does, which is the diving and the shirking and all of that. He's, ter- he's a terrible actor when it comes to this kind of stuff with the referees. And frankly, if he's any good, um, yeah, the, the pundits and the journalists will be up in arms about it. But the only reason they're not is because he's not that good, so it doesn't really matter. Um, okay, well, I mean, Abue has let himself down. He's let the, the teammates down. He's let the fans down, you know, particularly at White Hart Lane, particularly given the importance of the game. But he's also let Arsene Wenger down, who, uh, for reasons best known to himself, uh, keeps picking him. Now, maybe he sees more in him than I do or you do or many fans do, but th- there has to come a point, doesn't there, where Arsene Wenger looks at what Abue brings to the team uh, and has to make a decision on whether or not it's it's worth it anymore. I think he does. I think, I think that point passed quite a while ago, to be perfectly frank. I mean, you know, we just it makes us look weak as a team. When you've got players like him in the side like that, you know, you, you get, the opposition are going to look at it and go, oh, well, he's easily wound up and, you know, he's going to lose his head just like that. And and we just don't look strong. I mean, you, you look at someone like Sanya and Sanya just doesn't react to anything. And Someone will put in a really bad tackle on Sanya like Terry did and Sanya will just get straight up. And and if I was an opposition player, I'd, I'd think, blimey, you know, Every time I saw Sammy doing that, I think, you know, we're in for a hard game here. A bit where you just think, oh, he's soft. Um, and these apologies are just beyond a joke. I mean, in his latest interview where he's talking about how all the fans emailed him to say sorry for what happened. Well, 
good for them whoever did. And frankly, I didn't do it myself, but I certainly wouldn't say I was sorry about what happened. Um, he clearly hadn't learned his lesson. For whatever reason, he's been, he seems to think it was all the fans' fault. We didn't understand that he was injured. And he hadn't played for a while and he was in that position. All that ru- absolute rubbish, frankly. Um, but it's just the same, same old stuff. Uh, well, hopefully, uh, with the re-emergence of Theo Walcott and the arrival of Arshavin, um, we won't see uh, too much more of that Ibuwe, uh for the rest of the season. Uh, the lack of goals, though, I know we weren't helped by being down to 10 men on uh, on Sunday against Spurs, but the lack of goals is a bit of a worry, isn't it? Um, is it a case that, uh, for example, Adi Bayor, who went off injured, uh, is off the boil? Is he not working hard enough? Or do we have to look maybe at a slightly bigger picture and think that the... Uh, the creative side of our game, particularly from midfield, isn't providing the strikers with the chances they need. I think we do. I think I'd say one other thing that we have to acknowledge first of all before we move on to that is that the championship is getting quite difficult to score in at times and you only need to see uh, the troubles that Man U, Chelsea, Liverpool and Villa to a certain extent have had in terms of getting, getting uh, you know, good, good totals in games to see that it's not that easy. But yes, I think we need to look at the midfield. You know, you look at the centre of midfield and it's it's weak, I'm afraid. There's no there's no doubt about that. You can argue all you like about what kind of player we might need in there next to Sesk and everyone's got their different views. But the, the reality is we simply need we simply need quality. Um and at the moment we don't have that. Um and that that I think is why it's contributing to our lack of chances, our, our lack of goals. We are missing Walcott, we're missing Fabregas, we're missing Levitsky, I suppose, we're missing Eduardo. You know, um, and with a bit of luck, we'll have options. It was, it was quite the great thing about White Hart Lane was we actually had option, options on the bench, attacking options, um, and you, we could mix it up according to how the game was going. With a bit of luck now, from the Sunderland onwards, we will have those options. So hopefully that will help, but it is a worry at the moment. Um, yeah, well, that's the next point I was going to come to is that we do seem to have uh, the, these great options now that uh, with Adi Bayor out, uh, Eduardo was back, so we've got Van Persie, Adi Bayor. Uh, Eduardo to choose from. You have to think that he's going to be pushing for a place. Arshavin, who can play top two, even though he's probably needed elsewhere. Walcott, who can play in, in the front two as well. Carlos Vela in there as well. So um, the manager does have a, a quite an abundance of riches there. He does have an abundance of riches. I mean, you have to remember that essentially since um, last season, he's lost Alex Fred and he replaced him with Sami Nasri. Um, and nothing else happened to the front line other than the fact that we gained Vela and that we gained uh, Wilshire, I suppose. Um, and, and now he's gone out and he signed Arshavin. We haven't lost any players up, up top. We've just we've had a couple who have been injured for all eternity. Um, but so so actually, yeah, and we you know we were doing brilliantly up until this time last year um, with with those players. So so yeah, we have a real real abundance there, and that's that's a great help. And maybe it will put a bit less pressure on the on the defence and the. Uh, the centre of midfield, if we can if we can break teams down more easily and, and force them to have, a, have to come out and have a go at us, uh, is it a is it a uh, what's the word I'm looking for a consequence of our um, increased defensive stability? Do you think that maybe we're struggling to score a bit because we have been tighter at the back, but uh, that's come at a price up front, maybe? No, no I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. I haven't seen I haven't seen anything massively in there that should suggesting that should be the case. I just think we're lacking. We're just a bit predictable. Um, it's just a lack of quality across the midfield. I think if you look at if you're playing, um, you know, Abue, Danielson, Song, um, all the time, often all of them. Well, that's just there's a lack of quality there, and that's not. I mean, go to Danielson, Song. You know, you can you can if you want, but it, but 
but I'm just saying there's you know I think no one would, no one would argue there's a huge amount of quality in there, and I think that's the problem. I think defensively we've just benefited a bit from Gallas uh, no longer having the pressure of the captaincy. Uh, I think Sanius has come into very good form, um, and I think Almini is playing decently as well. And so, quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now save forty percent on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power twenty twenty three award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash-switch. Forty-five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I think that's that's probably helped. All right. Uh, coming up Monday then is the FA Cup uh, replay against Cardiff. Uh, I suppose we played them uh, in the first game. We we weren't particularly good. They were quite good that day. Do you foresee uh, any problems with this one? You never know. You could do. Um, they're going to have a huge, huge number of fans there. Um, they'll be really up for it. We'll have to be really up for it ourselves. Um, you don't know what's going to happen. One thing which is worth mentioning is that by that stage, we'll know our route to Wembley. When I say Wembley, I mean the semi-finals, which I believe are played at Wembley, because the draw for the quarter-finals would have been held by then. Um, as it stands, you know we've got a home game against Cardiff and a home game against Burnley to take us into the quarter-finals. By then, we'll know who our opponents would be. Um, now that should be an incentive if ever there was, was one to really kick on and it's a, it's a tournament we enjoyed so much for so long haven't enjoyed it for a while um, so that should be that'll be something the players will probably have in the back of their minds who, who they'd meet in the semi-final um, or, who, or who they'd have to sorry who they'd have to beat in the quarter-final to, to get a place at Wembley for the first time alright ok good player we better leave it there thanks very much thank you very much Thank you very much to Good Player from GoodPlayer.com and uh, he'll be back, or will he? That is the question. If we can rejig the format of of the interviews, which I tried to do the other week with a Good Player and Gilberto Silver, was, uh, maybe that's something I should consider too. But of course there are only a finite number of people whose opinion uh, about Arsenal I'm interested in, and I know that you'll be interested in. So that's why it kind of goes quite circular-ish. Maybe I should get more special guests. But isn't that the very death knell of anything? You know that when special guests start appearing on a sitcom, sorry to go back to sitcom things again, but when when you start getting special guests on, that's the end of it. So maybe more star guests. But you wouldn't believe how how rude some people are well not rude just ill-mannered Why not? let me try and explain they, they tend not to get back to you at all despite the uh, best endeavors of me to to bring people onto this show over the last two years 
many people simply refuse uh, to respond to requests for appearances. Um, let me give you an example. Um, there is a, an Arsenal fan, an Irish Arsenal fan. He's quite famous, I suppose, because he appears on the TV both over here in Ireland and in the UK. He's kind of bald. Um, I'm sure many of you know who he is, and, and uh, I, I've tried a, a number of times to contact him via his agents uh, to get him on the show. And, you know, I can cope if somebody says, well, look, no, thank you very much, because I, when it first started, I remember emailing the agent of Nick Hornby and thinking, well, he'd be an interesting guy to get on. How fantastic. I'll email Nick Hornby's agent. And I emailed her. And very polite lady that she was, she said, um, <laughs> no, sorry, he wouldn't be interested in doing that at all. So I thought, well, fair enough. At least they had the manners and the courtesy to reply. Other people, and other Arsenal fans, have been very generous with their time. We've had uh, the chairman of the club on, we've had Wang Chung on. We've had other Arsenal bloggers. We've journalists like Amy and Philippe Auclair. We've had uh, other star guests, Peter Marinello, Perry Groves, etc., etc., who've all been very generous with their time. But others don't even bother replying to say, no, thank you. No, I wouldn't be interested in doing that. Doesn't take much, does it, to do that? Anyway, uh, there I am, waffling again. Uh, you might have heard... Um, good player referring to an interview with Abue in which he spoke about uh, the fans sending him letters and messages and, and what have you to say sorry after what happened at the Wigan game. If you haven't heard it, here it is. Now I'm feeling very, very well with, uh, with the fan because um, since um, two, three months ago, I was very, very disappointed about um, the things that happened because they bore me. You know, so I was very, very disappointed about that. So now I feel very, very well with them, you know, because of the, they send me the, the message, they send me some some letter to, to say sorry. You know, so I was very, very happy. And now I feel very, very well when I play. I was very, very disappointed after that game. After that game, and I say thank you to my friend, uh, to my friend because after the game, they, they gave me a ring. You know, they called me, they, they said to me to... To forget that, to forget that, and then um, to try to to think about the next game. You know, so I try, I try my best to forget that, but it was very, very difficult for me to to forget. But now, when I see now, I feel very, very well, very, very well. Yeah. It strikes me that he has two uh, distinct emotions or feelings: very, very disappointed, or very, very well. Which isn't a bad way to go through life, is it? Either very, very well. Or very, very disappointed. But very, very anything. How are you today? Very, very well. How was your dinner? Very, very disappointing, I have to say. You have a good night's sleep? Yes, I slept very, very well. What did you think of the latest Stephen King novel? Oh, I was very, very disappointed. What if he gets really excited? So now I feel very, 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 very well with them, you know? Or really, really, really excited. So now I feel very, 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 very well with them, you know? But after such unimaginable highs, there's, there's going to be the lows, the come down, the crash. Very, 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 very disappointed about that. And that is the poor, unfortunate world of Emmanuel Abue. 
We're very happy, very, very disappointed. And most of us, I think, were very, very disappointed with the Boué last Sunday against Spurs. I know we've spoken about it with good player, but there isn't much else to talk about this week, and I'm not trying to flog a dead horse or anything. But I can't really explain how frustrated his sending off made me on Sunday. The only way I can think of describing it is, is if, do you remember when you were small, like five or something, and something happened and you got so frustrated that you couldn't quite express how angry you were or how, how you were feeling in any other way than, than kind of stamping your feet and... And that's the way he made me feel on Sunday. Because the first booking was utterly pointless. Because I was sitting there looking at the TV going, shut up, shut up, just shut up. He's going to book you. If you don't shut up, he's going to book you. What are you talking to him for? Just shut up, shut up, shut up. Oh, he's booked him. Bollocks. So at that point, you're kind of thinking, well, there was only 20 minutes gone or 15 minutes gone in the game. And you're thinking, oh, he's just not going to last. Because he's he's so wound up or he's just... His misguided way of showing passion or commitment was to kick out at Modric stupidly. And when you're already on a yellow card and you're playing in a game away from home against your local rivals and a game that you really, really need to win, you need players who can keep their heads you need players who aren't going to do stupid things like Abue did. And that kick out at Modric was stupid. Uh, the way he was patting Modric on the back when he thought he'd gotten away with it was was just embarrassing. And I actually thought he'd gotten away with it as well. Because he booked Modric and I was thinking, well, he must have seen something I didn't. And the padding on the back and you're thinking, oh, just stop doing that. Stop doing that. Because it's going to come back and bite you in the ass. It, oh, there it is. There's the red card. And in one way, you've got to maybe question Arsene Wenger. Uh, for not taking him off. It's difficult to take a player off that early in a game. And I'm sure Arsene credits his players with enough intelligence not to behave like that. And we didn't necessarily have a, a replacement on the bench for him. We had Ramsey. Uh, Arshavin wasn't ready to play that much time. So we had Ramsey who'd had a terrible time in the game against Cardiff. So I can kind of understand from that point of view why Arsene didn't take him off. But then you could stretch it out a bit more and say, well, why don't we have somebody on the bench who could replace him? And I'll say it again. I don't see any reason why Jack Wilshire couldn't come in and do a job on the right-hand side of midfield. Uh, he certainly couldn't be any worse than, than Ibue. So the sending off really, really cost us any chance of getting the three points from the game. As it was, we got some good performances in the second half. Alex Song and Gallas played very well. Almunia made some good saves. A brilliant save at the end as well to, to really keep us in the game. But ultimately, the three points were lost because of Ibue. And if it was two harsh bookings, or if it was a sending off that wasn't deserved or wasn't merited, then you could say, well, poor guy, he's been a bit unlucky there. 
But when he talked himself into the first one and then did that for the second one, how can you have any sympathy for him? So it'll be very interesting to to see what Arsene does with him. Because you've got to have guys in your team that are reliable. And I get, maybe it's me, right? I get this feeling from Arsene that he's got intelligent players in his team. Now, throughout his time at Arsenal, he's had intelligent men. Our team have been, perhaps for footballers, a little above average in terms of intelligence. You have the odd exception. Who's made it? Ashley Cole, for example. But was a very good footballer. And once he was uh, being a good footballer, that's all you really wanted. But for the most part, most of our players were, were intelligent guys. When you think back through the team, and some of the guys who weren't necessarily the most intelligent, like uh, Reyes, we, he had other problems, I know. But Jeffers, for example, as well, never struck you as uh, being the sharpest tool in the box. They were moved on, found out and moved on. And Abue, to me, is that kind of a guy. He's obviously not that clever. He really can't be that clever. So he's totally at odds with Arsene Wenger's philosophy or or the kind of player and person that Arsene Wenger has had in the Arsenal team since he arrived at the club. I don't understand it. I really don't. But maybe now, after all the faith shown in him, and to have it thrown back in your face the way it was by Abue on, on Sunday, maybe that will be the final straw for the manager. Maybe the uh, the likes of Walcott and Arshavin and maybe Wilshire will keep him out of the side. So it's difficult to defend Abue. And I know there will be people who say he gets too much of a hard time, but you cannot defend what he did uh, on Sunday against Spurs. So there you go. Uh, Coming up on Monday, we've got uh, Cardiff, FA Cup replay. Uh, There is some team news, which I'm just going to bring up here. Abu Dhabi is going to be out. Uh, We know Abue is suspended. We know Arshavin can't play because he wasn't ready for... uh, He wasn't signed in time for the first game. So he can't play in the replay because he wasn't an Arsenal player when the first game took place. Eduardo um, may or may not play. Arsene Wenger says he is back and ready to go. I don't know about Cardiff. I don't want to promise anything. I want the freedom to pick the team I want to pick. Which is strange. But uh, there you go. So we'll see. So with Diaby out, Ramsey possibly out. He's got some medial ligament damage that he picked up on international duty. Uh, everybody else is back, thankfully. Adi Bayor is out, having picked up the injury against Spurs. So you might see, um, I don't know, Bentner and Vela play. Maybe Wilshire will play in the uh, in the midfield on, uh, against Cardiff on Monday. That would be very good. I'd like to see that. Uh, it's a game we need to win. It's a game we need to win, uh, not only because this competition possibly represents our, our best chance of silverware this season, but also we need to win to get a win under our belts and to get some goals under our belt because we are goal shy, as we spoke about with with good player a few minutes before. I, I, I can't see us really struggling in this one. I think we've probably got more than enough for Cardiff. But who knows? This season has been a strange one. So that's really about it. I don't have anything more to say at this moment in time. 
and uh, I'll have a, a good think about the Irish cast now in the next week or two and, and see where we might go. Your suggestions, as I said, will be uh, more than welcome to irishcast at irishblog.com. So until the next Irishcast, whenever that might be, take it easy, uh, and I'll talk to you on the blog as usual. Bye-bye. No, not even anything here this week. I know. Sorry. I'm very, 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 very sorry. I don't feel very, very well about it. And I'm sure you're very, very disappointed. But that's it. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.